Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, Scott. Hi, James. How's it going? Good. We have another listener question this week. All right. Always love that. Yeah. Thanks for sending them in. Um, We love your listener questions because it's helpful for others to hear the questions that you have. Um, so shall we just dive right in? Would that be okay? It's okay with me. Okay. Yeah. Um, so here's the question. Um, question comes in that uh, we are looking to refinance our home. We have about 35000 in cash that we aren't sure what to do with. Should we refinance at a lower loan amount, put the money into the principal after we refinance, or put it in the market? Are there other options? We're already maxing out our 401ks for both jobs and make too much to do a Roth IRA. Well, first, thank you for the question and um, congrats on maxing out your 401ks. That's amazing that you're doing that. Yes. Yeah. Fully agreed. Congrats um, and thank you. Where do you want to take this? Uh, let's walk through the first part of the question. Is I think... It, should that 35000 to break it down simply, should that 35000 be used to pay a portion of the mortgage? And if so, what's the best way of doing that? Or should that 35000 be used for some other purpose? So let's start with the mortgage. So refinancing your home, you have 35000 And this question is, do you use that to pay down your mortgage and then refinance at a smaller amount? Or do you refinance the full current balance of the current mortgage and then use that 35000 to pay off a chunk after that? What are your thoughts? Uh, between like paying it off, using it during the refinance or putting it into principal after we refinance? Yeah, because I, I guess the first place we would go, sorry, I asked you your thought, I'm going to take control back. Yeah, unless, go ahead. Unless you got a strong feeling that you want to say something no, right you, now. You, okay, you go for it. I'll go first. So the, I guess the first question I would ask is, as you're going to refinance, by coming in with an extra 35000 would that in some way lower the interest rate? Does it make it a conforming loan or is there a kind of certain threshold that it hits? to qualify you for a lower interest rate. If so, great. You know, that that 35000 even if it only saves you a quarter percent interest on your mortgage, for example, the return on investment on that could be huge because mm-hmm. that's saving you a quarter percent interest on the entire loan balance, mm. if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. you compound that or you multiply that out on a larger balance over the next 15 to 30 years, that can be a huge return on investment. Uh, the other thing, that, or the other reason that might make sense is does throwing an extra $35,000 at your mortgage as you go to refinance, does that save you a significant amount on your monthly payment? Right. So obviously, if you take out a lower mortgage amount, there's less of a monthly payment. So -hmm. if you look at your budget and say, yes, it'd be really great to have this amount freed up, well, then great. That that might be a compelling reason to do so. I think you ran the numbers, Scott. Yes. How much that might save? I just looked at it. If I was just making the assumption that it's a 3%, refinance and it could be higher or lower so you can redo this math on your own but uh, at three percent over a 30-year mortgage um 
it basically would equate to about 147, let's just call it $150 a month mm-hmm. of savings. It would lower your payment by $150 a month. Um, so you really just got to ask, like, do you, do you want that? Mm-hmm. Is there a reason for it? Because one thing you could do, <laughs> just to be clear, you could you could put this money. I mean, not to say that you would, but you you could just go put this money in a uh, in a cash account and take the hundred and fifty bucks a month. Yeah, I mean, it would basically the payoff would be about nineteen nineteen years, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you think about thirty five thousand divided by the one fifty a month, mm-hmm. it would pay back itself in about nineteen years. Yeah, so it's like yeah, it's like I think the bigger question is what do you need this money to do for you? Right, right. It's kind of the the big question. Um, like. Do you feel stretched right now with your current mortgage? And you mentioned like both. It sounds like it's a cup. You're a couple, and you're both maxing out your four hundred one ks. Does one of you want to be able to have more flexibility in your life in the future, right? And would having a lower mortgage payment help with that? Right. Like these are all questions to be answering to know what the right thing to do is. Yeah, because the other the the other option they gave was well, does it make sense to refinance the home at the current mortgage balance and then throw the thirty five thousand cash? at that once you'd already refinanced. Yeah. So I think a recast is a good thing to bring up here. So uh, yeah, the there's a couple options with that. The one is if your bank offers a recast provision on so your like, mortgage. What is a recast? Because a lot of people may not know what that is. So what a recast is, is say you take out a mortgage for $500,000 and your monthly payment is, I don't know, 2500 bucks a month. I'm just making this up off the top of my head. Sure. Could be way off. If you then go pay a big chunk of your mortgage off, let's say $100,000, well, you still have $400,000 left on your loan, but your payment hasn't changed. It's still right. $2,500 per month. Right. What a recast does is it recasts the loan to say it reamortizes the loan. So now your monthly payment is lower. So you have the same, you'd still pay it off on the same schedule. Yeah. But you're paying a lower monthly amount each month going yep. forward. So if that was the case, then that would be good. But if that's what you're looking to do, it probably makes sense just to throw that 35000 in to start with, not necessarily do a recast at a later date. Right. There's really just if you're just looking at the math from it, whether you throw that thirty five thousand in before you refinance to come out with a lower loan balance, or refinance and then immediately throw the thirty five thousand dollars in, you're going to save the same amount in interest. The difference is going to be if you throw the thirty five thousand after you've already refinanced, you're going to have a higher payment that gets paid off sooner. Yeah. Versus if you take out a loan that's thirty five thousand dollars fewer. You're going to have a smaller payment that gets paid off over, call it 30 years, but the interest savings is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. It's just if you don't use that in the refinance, uh, you're just going to have a higher mortgage amount by about 150 bucks a month. So the happy place to go there, in my opinion, if you wanted to do that, like because the, the example you're just giving, imagine that you put the 35K in, you recast, you get the new lower payment, but you just keep making the old payment. Mm-hmm. And then anytime in the future that you hit a moment where you go like, oh, I really wish I had more cash flow right now. Well, now you can choose to go pay less. Yeah. Because you have the ability to do so anytime. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So between those two options, I would probably lean toward just simply refinancing and throwing the 35000 in there if if you were going to use it on the refinance. Yeah, what we haven't no talked option. about yet was, yep. okay, what are the other options before mm-hmm. we just jump into that? Yep. And where we are, where might we start with that? So we mentioned that we're we already heard you're maxing out your four hundred one k's, which is awesome. Um, and you said you make too much to do Roth IRAs. So one thing to look at is what we what are um, called backdoor Roth IRAs, mm-hmm. um, which is basically the and we have an ep- I think we have an episode on that, don't we? Think a couple. Yeah. So so the premise is you can't do normal IRAs, but you're allowed to make non deductible IRA contributions. So you put money in an IRA. And you don't get to write it off. It's not a deduction. 
But the moment that post-tax money, the after-tax contribution is in your IRA, you're always allowed to convert those funds to a Roth IRA anytime you wish. Mm -hmm. The important caveat is you can't have any other funds sitting in IRA accounts, uh, especially pre-tax. You don't want any other pre-tax money sitting in IRA accounts when you're doing this process. So you really need to make sure that all of your money is sitting in old in 401ks with your employer or solo 401k if you're self-employed, and then you can do backdoor Roth contributions. So you could each do that, which would allow you to do um, $6,000 each if you're under age 50. I think it's $7,000 each if we're over age 50. So you could do 12,000 uh, for this year, you'd be able to do that up to April 15th. And then you could even do it, sort of, sorry, for the previous tax year for 2020. Um, and then you could also do another 6K for this year. So you could put, you know, 24,000 of that 35,000 to work in Roth IRAs if you wanted to. Um, again, do you have any other place to go put this money? And it always comes back to what are you trying to build for yourself? Um, so, so whether it's we need to we want to fund more for retirement or we want to fund other things, I think we're going to bring up other things we can look at as well um, momentarily. Mm-hmm. But that's that's where I would start with that. Yeah, and by the way, episode sixty eight is the most recent one that we talked about backdoor Roth contributions. We talked about mega backdoor Roth contributions and conversions yep. on that episode. So but go listen if you want to that episode more that. for for maxing out your four hundred one k and then asking what you make too much to do Roth IRAs because backdoor Roth IRAs might be a way for you to go if that's something that you want to to if you want to dial up the the retirement contributions that you have. Right. Again, that's episode 68. Yep. So that is one option. And I might even take it further back. Uh, the first thing you always want to make sure that you're doing is do you have an emergency fund? So outside of 401ks, outside of Roth IRAs, you always want to have some money in cash. It's just there's an emergency fund. And th- that could look like a few different things. We also talked about that on a future or not a future episode on a past episode. Yeah. Uh, but making sure that if if you lose a job or if something goes wrong or if you have a big major expense that comes up, you always want to make sure that you have some cash in the bank. So if this 35000 in cash that you have, if that's all the cash that you would have, I would probably advise keeping a significant portion of that. I don't know what your expenses are. I don't know what lifestyle needs are. So hard to say exactly how much, but totally. keep a portion of that as your emergency fund and don't do anything with it. Yep, absolutely. Um, and that's just, you know, the, the, an emergency fund is your insurance policy on your own life, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's or just life life. Well, not on your life because that's what life insurance is for. But, but <laughs> I it's, think that's it's called your insurance life insurance, insurance policy for cash flow in your life. So that like, right. if one of you loses a job, like it's okay. If the water heater blows up, it's okay. If we have to go pay the deductible on our homeowners insurance, that's okay. Like we we have the funds ready and available. Um, there's a reason to have those there. So hopefully you have that. Yep. You know, another one to think about um, too is going to be that, that's not here. And I'm assuming, you know, it seems like this is really clean, but you know, things we think about like, well, what are your other debts? Because mm-hmm. if you have any other debts and they're higher interests, then we might want to go use that money to pay those things down. Right. Right. Yeah. If you have, take the credit card debt as an example, more extreme debt. Of, sure. Okay. If you have a credit card balance, that's $35,000. Let me take an extreme example here. Yeah. And you're paying 20% interest on that. That's a great day. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do with that $35,000? Is it better to go pay it down towards your mortgage and maybe save 3% interest if that's what your mortgage interest is? Right. Or should you take that 35000 and pay off your $35,000 credit card balance? That's yep. that 20% interest. So obviously that's an example that's probably not the, the case here exactly. But any other debt that you have that's at a higher interest rate than your home is, you might certainly consider doing that instead. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cool. other things would be other goals that they have, right? Mm-hmm. So like a common goal that we think about would be college. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if they have kids, but if they do, or maybe they want to go back to college in the future. Yep. 
Could make sense to put money in a 529 account. Yep, absolutely. Is it college funding? Um, uh, understanding your max net, your 401ks. We, we talk about this quite a bit. If you're 25 years old and maxing out two 401ks is a couple awesome. You're probably set for some tremendous success over time. If you are 64 and just started maxing out 401ks as a couple and you want to retire by 65, you're probably going to need to be doing more than that. Yeah. So that's where this 35,000 could probably be better used looking to invest. Right. And then, of course, anywhere along that spectrum, the priority shift between saving for the future versus saving for other goals based upon what you're tracking for as things stand as they are. Yeah, that's actually a good reminder for me about maxing out 401ks because sometimes we'll hear the language like, uh, We'll think like I'm maxing out my 401k and what we'll think is like I'm maxing out the employer match. Yes. Um, now, in this instance, that's probably not the case, but I just want to bring it up because the the maximum amount that you can put away is always percentage based, but there's always a finite dollar amount on it. So for this year, it's nineteen and a half thousand dollars per person. And then there's a catch up if you're over the age of 50. What's mm-hmm. the catch up this year? 26 total. It's 26,000 in total. Right. Okay, great. So, so 6,500 catch up mm-hmm. if you're over the age of 50. Um, so just realize that when you guys are talking about 401ks and matching and 403bs and all that fun stuff. Um, Thank you. Keep that in mind. Because sometimes we can come in and go like, yeah, I'm maxing out my 401k. And it's like what you'll realize is the language is that, no, no, I'm maxing the match on my 401k. <laughs> right. And that's a big difference because maxing a match typically won't get us to financial freedom um, as quickly as like hitting a, a larger maxing out the 401 Yes. And thank you for that reminder. Just is that... For you listening, that I'm sure that total makes total sense. But if you're making $100,000 and you get a 3% match on your 401k, people might put that 3% in and say, oh, I'm maxing my 401k. Well, no, you're, you're maxing how much your employer will give you yeah, you're because you're both getting 3%. Yeah, you're not maxing the amount you can put in. Yes, the yeah. max on the amount is 19.5 for you or 26000 if you're 50 or older. So uh, I'm, we're assuming based on the question that you are maxing out the contribution limit portion. But if not, that could be a good place to look if you aren't already. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other thing that I think about is what are the other goals that people have in life? And I think of goals for their future and for their current selves. Yep. They're both important. Yes. COVID, we didn't get to take trips like we were supposed to for the last year and all that fun stuff. So like all the things that you had banked up that that matter to you that that are going to help you live a great life, are are they, are they accounted for and cared for? Right. Because there's nothing, if they are, if you're saving enough for retirement already, perhaps there's something you want to be doing in your current life that's helpful and beneficial to you as well. Yeah. And then I would also say taking personal preference into account is, you know, we can look at this and financially, it makes a lot of sense. If you can invest your money and grow up by more than 3% per year versus use that money and pay down debt at 3% per year, which is what we're assuming this mortgage might be, you're going to come out ahead. But there's also the the non-financial side of some people just love not having debt. And mm-hmm. if, if paying that $35,000 down towards your home makes you feel motivated and makes you feel uh, just happy with that progress, mm-hmm. awesome. You can't quantify that. So yeah. understanding yourself and what you are going to be more motivated by, assuming you're not neglecting anything, assuming you're not neglecting savings that you need to do for retirement because you're way behind, for example, uh, what's going what's gonna to incentivize that momentum to keep keep you moving forward and understanding what's going to bring you that satisfaction. Yeah, absolutely. That actually kind of remind, reminds me, we just had, I just had a client who was looking to refinance a house and they looked at like the, should I get a 15 year and here's the new rate they'll get. And I think it was like 2.125 or something like that. And so the, and it, cause it is about feeling, right? You want to pay it off faster and mm-hmm. I'm all for that. That makes sense. Especially when you have the cash flow to do so you're saving for all the other things. 
And the, the question I went back to them with was, hey, what are they offering you for the 30 year? And I think in this instance, they were offering like two and a half. And so depending on where you guys are at credit score wise and where you're at in the country for refinances, you'll get different things. That's why we use three for the example. But the key is I just looked at quickly at the, if he pays off the, um, the payment amount for the next 15 years on the 2.125 versus he makes the same payment on the two and a half, mm-hmm. right? The two and a half he pays, he, he pays for an extra six months mm-hmm. of payment, but he at any time can lower his payment from like, you know, by over a thousand bucks a month. Yeah. So it just creates flexibility and freedom. And I think that's an important thing to remember too, whenever you're looking at these situations, anytime you can create resiliency for yourself, do it. Yeah. What's going to help you put you in a better position to accomplish your goals. What's going to put you in a better position to do what feels best for you, but also what's going to help you put in the most, put you in the most flexible and resilient position. Exactly. Along with that too. Yeah. So cool. Um, Let's see any, any other comments or any other options? No, anything that we're missing here. So, we cool. appreciate your questions. Please bring them in. Yes, um, thank you. We'll, of course, keep coming at you guys with, with things that we feel are relevant and helpful. Um, and please just let us know what you guys like and don't like and how we can make it better for you because that's really why we're doing it, to help you guys learn and grow and so you can align your money with life. Yeah, that is that is good too. If maybe you don't have a question, but you'd love to see a different format for this. You know, we'll, Some episodes, Scott and I, we just talk through a topic we think makes sense. Other times we address a listener question. If you have other thoughts on what would be helpful... Uh, We are all ears. So thank you for listening. Leave us a review if you have not already done so, please. Send us a question if you have one. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.